Turn with me please in the scriptures to the book of Romans, the first chapter, Romans chapter 1, and praying about what to do tonight. This is not a part of a previous series. This is either a single, y'all think that's real funny, (laughs) and you're probably right, you're probably right. Or the beginning of a new series, which has been the case most of the time. Romans 1 and 15. Romans 1, 15, he said, for as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed. Of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. You feel the same way? I'm not ashamed. Gospel means good news. Christ refers to the anointed one. The good news. Of the anointed one. For it is. The gospel is the power of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. For therein. In the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The title of this tonight is Living by Faith. Anybody interested? Living by Faith. We're already off to a good start. You you feel that, man? We're already second gear. I really appreciate you guys uh, and uh, Sarasota Church and everybody watching with us by the internet because uh, many of you have been with us for a number of years and you your your faith has increased believing with us for utterance and so these things you know it can be hard to get things out and in some cases you just can't do it because people don't want to hear it they don't want to receive it and on the other hand. There can be such faith and respect for the word, not just a man or flesh, but faith, respect for the word and respect for the spirit of God and the things of God, that utterance just flows. Hallelujah. And in fact, it's easy and more comes out than what the speaker had thought. And oh, I like that when I'm speaking beyond what I know. I'm learning while I'm speaking. Oh, I like that. Don't you? And I think you do too. The just shall live by faith. The Amplified says it like this. Verse 17. In the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. Both springing from faith and leading to faith. As it is written. Now that you know the brackets. Those are things added by the writers of the Amplified. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live and shall live by faith. I believe this is good translation from the original Greek. And notice this distinction. Not only will you live by faith, but you will live. 
The just don't perish by faith. We don't go down by faith. We don't go under by faith. We're not destroyed by faith. We live. Hallelujah. How can you live and not die when everything around you says you have to die now, young, prematurely? How can you? How can you live anyway? Is it possible? It is. But all things are possible only to a select group. Is it not to everybody? But to who? All things are possible, Jesus said, to him that believes. It's faith. All things are not possible to everybody. It's only to those that believe. And if you're going to be an overcomer, if you're going to be one that lives when they say you have to die, one that comes out and has your needs met, when everything says you have to go under, then you will be one who has lived and overcome by your faith in him. Oh, hallelujah. You know, this, uh, this phrase is in other places in the Word of God. I mean, it's quoted from Habakkuk 2. You don't have to turn there. Habakkuk 2, 2. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision. You ever heard that one before? <laughs> Habakkuk 2, 2. And make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it'll surely come, it'll not tarry. How many have not given up on some things on your vision list? You got to hang in there. Not everything happens in a month or two, or even a year or two. Just have to hang in there. Verse uh, 4, behold his soul which is lifted up, now this refers to pride and haughtiness. Is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Now see this is what the writer of Romans is quoting. Actually the spirit of God through Paul is quoting himself. (laughs) In Habakkuk. (laughs) You know it's humorous. That some of these folks. There's some people around trying to say. That Jesus, what Jesus said in the scriptures, the four gospel accounts, is not in agreement with what Paul said. In some places, you know, the letters to the Corinthians, Ephesians, Galatians. Well, then that means you believe it's not inspired. You believe it's not the word of God. Either one of them or or perhaps both of them. Because if you believe the truth, you know it's the Holy Spirit speaking through the writer of Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John, different human writers, but the same author. Is that right? And it's the same one speaking in Romans or in 1 Corinthians or Ephesians. Same one. If it's not the same one, then it's not inspired and it's not the Word of God. Very serious. I'm convinced it is. I'm happy about it. I'm not perplexed or struggling with it. How about you? And uh, uh, Galatians talks about this. Look, uh, in fact, you can turn to this one, Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11. He
He said that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall what? Live by faith. Verse 12. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Say it out loud. The law law is not of faith. faith. He said previously that the just shall live by faith. Now go to uh, Galatians please. You're in Galatians. The second chapter I think is what I'm trying to say. Galatians 2. 2 2.16 He said knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by what? Faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Keep reading. Actually uh, skip down to 20 for time's sake. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. That's talking about right here and right now. I live how? The just live how? Those justified by faith in him. Live in this life here by the faith of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So he's talking about living by faith. And coupled with living by faith, he's talking about grace. Is there a disconnect between living by faith and understanding grace? Go to Timothy, please. (laughs) Don't get too quiet now. You with me, right? 2 Timothy 2, 15. 2 Timothy 2, 15. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Now, He's writing to a young man who's a minister. Then, of course, this applies to all of us on some level. The more ignorant you are of the Word of God, the more easily you are deceived and tricked and misled. It makes you vulnerable. And the real issue is not just how much you know. It's did you take advantage of the opportunities the Lord gave you? Because if you genuinely didn't have the opportunity to see it and know it and learn it, in those cases, the Lord will protect you by his mercy. He only holds us accountable of the light he knows we have. But if you had every opportunity to see it and to hear it, But it just wasn't important enough to you. 
and you week after week and month after month and year after year had no time for it. Well, that's a different situation. And really, even though you don't know it, or we don't know it, we should by now. We had the opportunity. Come on, can you see this? And so it comes down to doing what you know in your heart. But notice the rest of this phrase. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Say that phrase out loud. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Does the word of truth need to be divided? Had two nods and a a grunt. It must. I said it must. Why would the... uh, the Word of God need to be divided. Well, there's a number of reasons. I don't know that it's our purpose to get into right now, but how many numbers do you have to have to divide something? You can't divide with one. It takes two. You divide one by another. How do you divide the Word of Truth? By dividing it against another truth. You have to have more than one truth. To rightly divide the word of truth. And that's worth you combing your hair and coming out tonight right there. Is that right? Why? I can't take credit for that. The Lord just gave me that this afternoon. I was thinking about something else and he just... I thought, oh, that's good, Lord. Why? If this book is full of truths, truth about this, truth about that, truth about the other, many different areas, the truths are the wisdom of God. In fact, the whole Bible is called the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God encompasses All the truths about every area. But if you or me, any of us, take a truth and make it the only truth, then now you are not dividing it by other truths. And you will get into error. And you will get off. Come on, can you see this? And that's any truth. Maybe you're stirred up and gung-ho about prayer. Well, that's great. Prayer is one of the most wonderful things. But there's more in the Bible than prayer. Is that right? If you are a prayer-only person, you're going to get off. I said you're going to get off. You'll wind up making prayer the salvation for everything and the answer for everything. And it's not. Don't say, well, I have faith in prayer. I have a lot of faith in prayer. You should have faith in God. The God who answers prayer. Well, that's what I meant. No, you said what you meant. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You get off. Well, there's great truth concerning that God's a God of abundance. But if that's all you focus on, is material things 
and financial things and, and abundance and abundance and abundance. That's not all the truth in the Word of God. There's other truth. And you'll get off. I mean, sowing and reaping is one of the greatest truths. Jesus referred to it as, you might say, a, a granddaddy principle that affects the whole kingdom. The whole kingdom operates by this principle. But if all you ever talk about is offerings and sowing and reaping, you're going to get off. You're going to get off. Why? Because you're not rightly dividing that truth by these other truths. You have to have more than one truth to divide. Hmm, is that right? And it's the same thing. If you're talking about healing, if you're talking about deliverance, whatever you're talking if you're talking about tithing, all great truths, but they are not the only truth. Is that all right? Y'all are trying to figure out where I'm going. I, I'm at where I'm going. If we don't get this, there's no need talking about anything else. Don't keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> if this is all we talked about, this is important, isn't it? Rightly, somebody say, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hallelujah. Look with me in First uh, John four, please. First John four, and then I think we'll go to James three. We'll see. I am believing God for direction and how the steps go as we speak. I know we're off to a good start, though. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Are you there? 1 John 4 and 1. 1 John 4 and 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Now, in order for you to do this, you'd have to recognize something's being said. And you've got to identify what to believe and what not to. Don't believe every spirit. Another way of saying that, don't believe everything you hear. Is that Bible counsel? Don't believe every spirit. Corinthians talks about there are many voices in the world. None of them is without signification. There's a bunch of voices saying a lot of different things. And you're not supposed to believe all of it. But what are you supposed to do? Try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We're to try, test, and try the spirits. Say it out loud. Try the spirits. With that in mind, go to James chapter 3. Try the spirits. How do you do that? Why would you do that? What are you looking for? Just because scriptures are quoted and religious phraseology is used does not mean you should just blindly accept it or completely embrace it. 
We are to try. Another way of translating that word is test. Mm -hmm. Test with the idea of approving or disapproving, accepting or not accepting. And the scripture tells us here in in, in 1 John, the, the, the same epistle we just got through reading from, that you have an unction of the Holy One. Is that right? <laughs> In fact, you ought to read that. Go over there. First John, chapter 2. First John. First John 2, back up to verse 27. Well, let's read verse 20. Then we'll read 27. Verse 20, are you there? First John 2? Yes, sir. But you have what? An auction. Another word for that is anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. That doesn't make you omniscient, but everything you need to know. He will cause you to know by the anointing that's in you. In verse 27, he talks further about it. Verse 27, but the anointing, see this time he calls it anointing instead of unction. The anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. That word abide means to live, dwell, to stay. You have an anointing. If you're born again, you have an anointing that's in you 24-7. Notice what this anointing will do. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you. Of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now instead of saying unction or anointing, it says him. The anointing is a him. The unction is a him. The Holy Spirit is a person. And that anointing teaches you. Oh, thank God for the anointing. Thank God for the anointing. I'm believing you're getting some things right now. You'll get some good things throughout the service tonight. And as you do, it'll be the anointing that taught you. Hallelujah. The anointing in me and on me and the anointing in you and on you. But it's the same one Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's the anointing. And what he says in the first part of that verse You need not that any man teach you. Now again, what do you have to do with truth? How do you rightly divide a truth? By other truths. Other truths. And uh, if you say, well, we don't need any men teaching. Well, then you're ignoring scripture. Right? Because the, the Lord gave gifts to men. Is that right? And part of those gifts were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And they're given for the perfecting of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ, etc. So what's he talking about? Well, yes, but like we just got through saying, uh, if you're helped through these ministry gifts, it wasn't just the flesh or the intellect of that individual. It was the anointing. Come on, can you see that? And so it's the anointing that's teaching us. Hallelujah. And it is beyond analytical examination. And it is beyond just adding knowledge to your memory. 
We're not talking about you or I figuring these things out. Uh Uh-uh. The anointing. And the anointing's in this room right now. It's in Sarasota. It's manifesting with people that are genuinely hooked over the internet. Now, if you've got five other things, you're not half paying attention, then there's not going to be much anointing there. <laughs> Which is why it helps to be in the building. It actually makes it easier. Because the anointing can be stronger with a bunch of folks focused. Is that right? It can make it easier. And uh, in that, in his presence, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit being manifest, you just see things. You didn't figure it out. You just didn't know it. And now you do. (laughs) You didn't see it. Now you do. Hallelujah. You didn't understand it. And now it's crystal clear to you. You didn't figure it out. You weren't dependent on a man. Being smart. And figuring it out. And explaining it to you. If they got it. They didn't figure it out either. It was just revealed to them. Say it out loud, the anointing anointing is teaching me me all things. things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he had also said, here that was uh, chapter 2, and then just, uh, what is it, a couple of chapters over, he said, don't believe every spirit for one, but do what? Try the spirits. Now the, uh, the Lord gave me this phrase, and I've been criticized for it, and I've had Ugly letters written to me for it. But as you'll notice, I'm going to say it again. (laughs) I must still be convinced of the accuracy of it. A man's, or woman, either one, when I say man, I'm talking about male or female. A man's spirit is more important than their doctrine. It's more important that you discern and detect what kind of spirit they are than their doctrine. Now I'm I'm a Bible teacher and preacher, so you you could assume that I take doctrine and teaching seriously. And I'm not saying that's not important. What I am saying is something that's even more important. And that's the spirit of the man or the woman doing the teaching. The spirit. Because notice here in four one he didn't say try the doctrines. What did he say? Try the spirits. The spirits. What kind of spirit should we be looking for? He said, don't believe every spirit. What do we look at? Go with me to James. And I believe there's some things very, very helpful here. This is a little different. Isn't it? But you're believing with me, right? We're going to get it just right. And as you notice, we're looking at scriptures here. Not just theories and opinions and ideas. We've already given several several scriptures. James 3. James 3 and 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. You know, Jesus said, come and learn about me. Learn about who I am, what I am. What's the next thing he said? I am meek 
lowly of heart. Of all the things he could have said. He said I'm humble. Now a lot of folks that don't understand. To them meek means weak. And nothing can be further from the truth. It's actually the weaker individual. Who is haughty and proud. And won't control their temper. That's a weak individual. It takes a lot more strength. When your flesh wants to be recognized and noticed and you bite your lip and don't say anything or do anything. Come on, are you listening? When you do get angry or upset, but you put your flesh under and do what the Spirit of God leads you to do in walking in love and in faith, that takes more strength. And Jesus is the perfect example of the strongest of the strong. Hallelujah. He wasn't led by anger or frustration or fear or rage. He was led. He said, I only do what I see the Father do and say what I hear the Father say. Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, way of life, his works with meekness of wisdom. Keep reading. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom... Descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Well, that's a wrong spirit. That'd be a wrong spirit. And yet, it was wisdom. It was wisdom. But it didn't come from God. Is there an earthly, sensual? Now, when we hear sensual, we think people's minds usually go towards sexual things. But that just means by the senses, the senses, and devilish, or another word would be demonic. Is there a demonic wisdom, a wisdom that comes from earth, not heaven? Well, then that'd be uh, the spirit that was speaking that is the one you would not want to receive. You need to try the spirits and discern, no, that's not, I'm, I'm not receiving that. Verse 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Again, wrong spirits. God is not the author of confusion, the scripture said. He's not in it. So where you see people struggling and fighting with each other and envying, well, I want that. Well, you can't have that. That's going to be mine. I'm going to get that. Confusion. People don't even know what's going on. There are wrong spirits involved in that. That's not God. Whether it's in your house or in your business or in your church. Strife. Confusion. Are the manifest presence of wrong spirits. We're not supposed to give them any place. We need to go on a crusade to stamp out strife, right? Zero strife, right? Zero tolerance for strife at my house, at our place. And how many think for sure you ought not have it at church, whether it's behind the scenes or out front of either one? Verse 17, here he begins to tell you the right spirit. He told you how you can identify the wrong spirit. Verse 17, he begins to tell you how you can identify the right spirit. The wisdom that is from above. 
from God is first what? Pure. Then it's what? Peaceable. Gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy. Good fruits. Without partiality. Doesn't play favorites and have its little cliques. Little groups. And it's without hypocrisy. No, zero lying. Zero deception and covering and hiding. That's how you can tell. Beware of these whisperers. Yeah, don't tell anybody that. That's nobody needs to know all of that. <laughs> Look at the Amplified. Well, I didn't read the, the last verse. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that what? So he's mentioned peace, what, three or four times right here together. One of the ways you can identify a right spirit is peace in contrast to what? Confusion and fussing and fighting. You know there's wrong spirits involved when there's that. In the Amplified, verse 17. The wisdom that's from above is first of all pure, undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. Someone say considerate. Considerate. Gentle. He said it's willing to yield to reason. It'll listen. I said it'll listen. Somebody who's of a right spirit will listen. Didn't say they'd always agree with you on everything. But they'll listen. And they're easy to talk to. Full of compassion. Good fruits. Wholehearted. Straightforward. Impartial. Unfeigned. Free from doubts. Wavering. And insincerity. Now the enemy is continually. Trying to get us off. He didn't take a break from it. I mean, he's trying to get you off. He's trying to get me off. He's trying to get the church off. And not just us and our groups. Everybody. All over the world. He's he's endeavoring to mislead. And deceive. And confuse. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.4 The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the glorious light of the gospel. Should shine unto them. And so we're cautioned and warned. To be on our guard. Because our adversary. Is on the prowl like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Don't you like that phrase. May. That means there's some he may. And there's some he may not. How many volunteer to be the ones he may not. He, that he can't. He just can't do it. Well, it'll be because you do something different from the ones that do get devoured. Now, one thing, and I think we ought to touch on some, is that there is a controversy in the church right now over grace. And there are folks that are dividing and saying, well, I am of the grace camp. And others are saying, I'm of the faith camp. And there is this idea that there is a disconnect between grace and faith. 
Y'all are quiet. Now I'm not saying this because of anything that's happened recently or I don't have any particular person or group in mind. Only reason I do these kind of things is because I believe the Lord impressed me to. And uh, most of the time I just speak generally. But sometimes you need to be specific so that folk know what you're talking about. That uh, there's this idea that Grace is the way. And folks would say, well, well, yeah, we believe in faith too, but, but it's grace. <laughs> and other folks say, well, no, faith. It's, it's always been faith and it still is faith. It's faith. <laughs> Can I remind you, go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. He said in verse 3, 1 Corinthians 3, 3, you are yet carnal. For where is there is among you what? Envying, strife, and division. Let's just stop right there. We just got through reading those same words. In James, what do we know? Just seeing those three words, what do we know? Wrong spirits. Is that right? Wrong spirits. Are you not carnal and what? Walk as men, mere unsafe men. For while one says, I'm of Paul. And another said, I'm of Apollos. Are you not carnal? Were they dividing into groups? And were they having, well, verse 3, look at it again. As a result of this, what's happening? Envying, strife, and... Now, what did Jesus say? A house divided cannot stand. See, the enemy knows this. This is his tactic. To bring envying and strife... And division. Because when you divide it, you weaken it. And you are a big step closer to destroying it. And this has become an issue in the body. I travel. I talk to pastors. I talk to ministers. And I endeavor. You've heard me talk about it before. I endeavor to stay away from judging. We're talking about that on Sunday. We're going to talk about it some more. And yet you can see people are getting hurt over this thing. You can see. I don't know. I, I, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm thinking of this one and this one and this one and this one and this one who've had church splits. People I know. Churches I know. Some of them small. Some of them middle sized. Some of them very, very big. And they've had large numbers of people break off from that group that they were with and say, well, y'all don't have this revelation on grace. And so we're going where we can get the real gospel. This is not an isolated incident or instance. Well, we know something's wrong there somewhere. Don't we? Because of the envy and the confusion. And the arguing. And the strife. We know there's some wrong spirits there somewhere. Don't we? And we need to identify. And believe not every spirit. And try the spirits. And one thing we'll be talking about before we finish our series on judging. Is that there's a big difference. Between judging a doctrine. And judging a person. Yes. 
Very big difference. You do not want to get into judging a person because you do not know what they saw or didn't see. Or what the Lord told them or didn't tell them. And I'd be one of the first ones to say, I have said things that weren't right. In my ignorance. There's been times I've had to come back the next Sunday and say, I was wrong about that. I said that, but that's not right. And the big question is, what are there things that I said that I didn't realize? And nobody you know, nobody you know, including you, is right about everything. Nobody you know, including yourself, is right about everything. Why? Because Paul himself, the Spirit of God through Paul said, we know in part. Is that right? We know in part. We prophesy in part. Well, if you only know part of it, what's the rest of the the sinners? There are parts you don't know. And it's the parts you don't know that can lead you to some wrong conclusions and some wrong ideas. And you don't have to be wrong at heart. You could be trying to do the right thing, and yet you've jumped to some wrong conclusions. And again and again... You'll see a partial truth here and a partial truth there. These folks are partly right, partly wrong. These folks are also partly right and partly wrong. They're just right and wrong about different parts. (laughs) And because they are not rightly dividing truths, they are claiming this is the truth, the only truth. No, this is the only truth. And neither one of them are the only truth. And neither one of them have a full revelation of any of the truths that they're talking about. Brother Kenneth Copeland said a fellow came to him some years ago, all upset. He said, you are not preaching the whole counsel of God. He said, I don't know the whole counsel of God. (laughs) So how could I preach the whole counsel of God? That's someone who has some awareness. None of us know the whole counsel of God. And as we're saying that, that's why I've said before, a person's spirit is more important than their doctrine. Why? Why? Because all of us are imperfect in our doctrine. All of us. So that being said and known, what becomes the important thing? God is looking at our heart. He's not examining us based on our perfection of knowledge compared to him. What must our level of understanding be like? When he calls us his little children, it's not a figure of speech. To him, we are in the very, very beginning levels of development. I sometimes get the glimpse that, you know, we we think, man, we are so advanced in our understanding of this. And we present it to him. And it's like a daddy or a mother looking at a three-year-old's crayon coloring. And he looks at it and goes, 
Oh, that's pretty, baby. That's pretty. Let me see that. And to him, <laughs> it's scrolling with crayons. But he don't want to discourage you. He's further than you've been. Just come on. Come on. Next time we'll color the cat inside the lines. It'll be even better. <laughs> but to get to thinking, you have arrived and you got it and you got the full orbed manifestation and you no longer know in part, you got it all. Now you are deceived. And you can detect that by a haughty, unteachable, come on, are you listening? Judgmental spirit. And instead of, you know, focusing on the critiquing of the doctrine, what should you be looking at? Try spirits. Come on, can you see this? Pay more attention to that. Certainly you pay attention to the scriptures, but you have to admit our understanding of them is imperfect. That's every one of us. It's our standard, no question. But we only know and understand it in part. I know um, when I was, oh, what would this have been, 30 years ago or so, first starting in the ministry, helping Brother Kenneth Hagin at his place there in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. You talk about green, so green. So ignorant of the word. And yet, after I'd been there for a couple of years, man, compared to what I used to know, man, I'm I'm a giant compared to my previous self. But that's just compared to me previously. Well, can you see this? And by the grace of God, we had been diligent. I know a friend of mine that we went, to, uh, we studied together. And we'd be in school all day long, all morning, and then uh, prayer school and healing school. And then at night, we'd go back and go over the scriptures that we went through in the class. And we'd be up half the night and studying scriptures and eating nachos. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, man, we grew. We grew quick. And we grew uh, strong. I mean, you think things are popping in our understanding I mean, every day and night, we're just seeing and, and going, glory to God, and our life's being changed, and we're being changed, and it's wonderful. And after two or three years of that, then another year or so of me helping and volunteering there at the ministry, I'm involved now with some of the ministry, and, and I was there every afternoon when Brother Hagen taught and preached at the uh, healing school. Well, uh, along in that time, there began to be an excitement all over Tulsa about some particular ministers and ministry. And it was very exciting. And I was, I went to some of the meetings and man, there were some uh, surprising things happened and, and amazing things happened. And boy, the scriptures were right there. And, uh, we were so excited about it, and a bunch of the folks going to, to Rama got excited about it, and, and some of the staff got excited about it, and and we uh, we were going to these meetings uh, different, you know, sometimes a couple of times a night during the week, and we're also doing things at Raymond, all excited. This went on for months, and then Brother Hagen uh, began to teach in, in healing school one week, 
And he began to touch on some of the things that were happening and didn't call any names, didn't uh, uh, focus on anybody personally. But it was pretty obvious by the third day or so, he don't agree with that. He don't believe that's right. Or not just that he doesn't agree with it, he's saying according to the word. Well, that bothered everybody. Including me. I thought, well, now hold on. We got scriptures for this. We got scriptures for this. And he's the one taught us, based everything on the word. And so you begin to have to make a decision. And several people, like I said, some of the staff there didn't accept what he said about it and pursued it even stronger. And a bunch of the students continued to go. And I continued to go. But then during the day, I'm hearing him talk about this other. And I'm realizing he's, he doesn't condone that. He doesn't approve of that. And then you hear people begin to say, well, Brother Hagin's getting older. And you know, Moses didn't go into the promised land. God's raising up a a young Joshua generation. And he's showing new light to them that the older folks are are not going to get. Somebody say disrespectful. This is one of the indicators of a wrong spirit. Even if the Lord allowed you to see something beyond your elders. Would you have ever got there without them? When do you see this? And all these people that were saying some of these things, they found out what faith was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, through this man's ministry. Come on, are you listening? One of the ways you can tell a wrong spirit, it is, it is disrespectful and it is unthankful doesn't remember, doesn't value, doesn't show respect. Can you see this, friends? But I'll be open with you. I struggled with this. Because we're we're young and and we want to see a move of God. And we're believing for miracles and for signs and wonders. And we feel like we're seeing some of them. And we got scriptures. The enemy quoted scriptures. He has scriptures. When he came, is that right? When he came to Jesus? Real scriptures? What should you be testing though? Not just that somebody's got a scripture. What should you be testing? The spirit of it. I said the spirit of it. Well, I, I struggled with it for, for a while. And thank God, Brother Hagen was just patient. He just kept on. Every once in a while, he'd get back on it again. And he'd talk about it some more. And he he shared personal, you know, he's a great storyteller. And he'd share stories. He said, yeah, when he's a young pastor, it was popular in their area to have loosening meetings. <laughs> loosening meetings. So he said, well, I, he thought, that's what's happening. We should have loosening meetings. So he said they had loosening meetings. 
And he said, we, through the course of our loosening meetings, we had every kind of manifestation you ever heard about and some you shouldn't have heard about. <laughs> but man, there were gyrations and there were manifestations and there, oh, there was stuff happening. And he said, and a few months after that, it became popular to have deliverance meetings. Deliverance meetings. Everything was a devil. And, uh, you know, there was devils in the flower pots and devils under the, the mats and, and devils, devils everywhere. And, and so he said, we had deliverance meetings. And he said the same thing. He said, through the course of those weeks and months, we had every kind of manifestation you ever heard of and some you shouldn't have heard of. And months after that, there was a, a new move uh, called Get Free. Sounds similar, but some different. Get Free. And so he said, then the same people that had gotten loosened and then they had gotten delivered came and got free. <laughs> and he said, over the course of months, we had every manifestation you ever heard of and some you shouldn't have heard of. <laughs> and he said, but I'm there pastoring and there with them. He said, we're in a country church, out in the country. Most of my folks were farmers or ranchers. And I'd go out to visit with them. He said, sometime I'd go out to the, they're getting corn in. And I just walk down the row with them and, and pull off some ears of corn and talk to them while we're doing this. And he said, and I knew that these folks have the same problems they had three or four or five years ago. They're no better. They're in no better shape. And they've been through the loosening. And they've been through the deliverance. And they've been through the get free. And they still are dealing with the same things. No better, maybe worse. And he thought, Lord, something's not right here. Something's not right here. And so he began to uh, seek the Lord earnestly and pray and, and do some fasting. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. I believe he said at the end of a third day of this. He said, son, you're trying to get results from prayer that only my word will bring. And he made some adjustments. Does that mean something's wrong with prayer? Prayer is amazing and wonderful. Is anything wrong with grace? Only a foolish person would say anything negative about grace. Has faith then been done away with and replaced with grace? How do you rightly divide a truth with other truth? And your ability to do that is connected with the Holy Spirit, but it's also connected to your experience. The more you've done this and the longer you've walked with the Lord, the better armed you are and the quicker you are to see through things and quicker you are to detect a wrong thing, which is why God gave us leaders, elders, spiritual fathers and mothers. We're supposed to derive protection from this. But many are not. The Lord said to me some years ago, uh, many of my people are not deriving the full benefit out of the gifts I've given them because they refuse to give them a place in their life that they should have. Oh, it's great. Dazzle me with good teaching and preaching, but don't get into my business. Don't, don't, think, don't try to tell me this or that. Well, <laughs> the scripture says otherwise. It should be protection for us 
And thank God by the grace of God, the Lord helped me to see that during that period of time. I was sitting there, I was pulled. I'd go to these services at night and I think, well, and they got scriptures. There's scriptures. We got scriptures. We got scriptures for this. I thought. And I'd go back and I'd listen to him. And one day it dawned on me. He's talking about again, the get free meetings, the deliverance meetings, the loosening meetings. I thought, he's seen all this. He's seen all this. And I thought, I don't see it. But this man's got, at that time, 50 years of experience in the ministry and walking with God on me. He said multiple visitations from the head of the church. He's the one the Lord sent me to get under to learn. Right? Right? And Lord, uh, if he's wrong about this, show him and show me. But I'm going to acknowledge I am Ned in the first reader. I am wet behind the ears. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I am preemie baby. And so I'm going to sit and listen and pay attention. I'm on a hook from that. And I'm going to give this thing some time. I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. But I'm going to stay where God sent me. And I'm going to show respect. And not realizing it now, looking back, oh man, it saved my hide. It saved my hide. It took me two years to see it. So there's two years I'm thinking, maybe Brother Hagin's wrong about this. It was two years. Now, I didn't talk it. I certainly didn't say anything to him or anybody else. I just kept my mouth shut. And over the course of the time, the Lord showed me something here. Then he showed me something here. I learned something here. And over the course of time, it came together for me. And I saw, no, that's not right. That's not right. It wasn't a matter that he was right. It was the Spirit of God is right. And the Word is right. Come on, can you see this? But what I didn't realize is by me doing what the Spirit of God led me to do, it gave the Lord time. Oh, come on, can you see this? It gave him time to get to me and teach me and help me. Because he knew how ignorant I was and how easily confused and misled I was at that time. He knew it. If I had said, well, I'm going with the new move of God. I'm doing this. So bye-bye, Brother Hagin. Y'all are the old generation. The Moses that's not going into the new promised land. Here we go. Then exactly what the enemy wanted would have happened. He would have gotten me disconnected from the part of the body God had joined me yes, to. Can yes, you see? Yes, yes. That was my link to getting the enlightenment I needed. Yes. Oh, come on, can you see this? And now, following off after a wrong thing, not only would I not have gotten the enlightenment I needed, I would have gotten further and further yes. into darkness and confusion. Oh, come on, can you see this? Yes. And might have woke up ten years later. When it became glaringly obvious. But what would have not happened those 10 years? My training. My development. 
my growth. A 10-year chunk of your life is nothing to throw away. What did he say to try? Try the spirits. We saw here, look look here again in James, and I think I'm closing. Basically, we did the introduction tonight. So I guess you were right. Okay, you were right. Right again. (laughs) I'm not too surprised. James 3.17, look at it. Well, I tell you, back up to 14 again. Get this whole thing. Because in this passage, we're shown how to try the spirits and identify the wrong ones from the right ones. When I say the right ones, I mean, of course, the Holy Spirit. And then those who are of a right heart and spirit that's listening to him and following him. If you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. That's a wrong spirit. Verse 15. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. Keep going. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's not mixed with a bunch of stuff. It's pure. Then it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. I I noticed these folks that got so adamant. And what happened? There were several people on staff. They left. They left. I'm talking about teachers, ministers that I really liked. That were obvious. I mean, I was in some services with them where they were obviously anointed. I mean, anointed, move of the Lord, gifts of the Spirit. But then they decided they knew more than the folks God brought them in under. Forgot that 10 years ago they were lost as could be. Didn't know how to get in and out of the rain, spiritually speaking. And God used these people. Come on, can you see this? See, a wrong spirit's going to be disrespectful and start talking like, yeah, well, these folks don't have this revelation. And so God's been showing them things for 60 years. And now you, after three, have caught up and passed them. Now, this is a sign and a wonder here, ain't it? If it was remotely true. Easy to be entreated. Easy to talk to. And these folks weren't. Wrong spirit. Is prideful. Why? Because the devil is the most prideful of all. A wrong spirit is pushy. This is the only way. I mean if you don't accept this. Then forget you. We, We can't fellowship. We can't. That's acting like it's the only truth in the book. Well, we have to disconnect from everybody and go on with this new thing God's showing us. Oh, beware, beware, beware. God shows you something and it's really him. It's just going to add to what he's already been telling you. It's not going to discount everything he's shown you. It's not going to contradict what he's shown you. Full of mercy. Good fruits. 
You, you don't have to understand all the details, but are you getting what kind of spirit he's talking about? Wise, godly wise, kind, easy to talk to, no pride, no I'm right, you're wrong. That's not a right spirit. Whether it's at your house or in church, it's not a right spirit. If you know the truth, you see part of some things. I see part of some things. Let's thank God for the part we see. Right? And acknowledge there's a lot of parts we don't see. But don't come telling us that your truth is the only truth that matters. Because you're not dividing it by anything else. And that's a sign of error. And don't be pushy and adamant. Like this is all there is. And everybody else just spinning their wheels. You'll find folks that get off. Then they start talking down to everybody. Including all the ministers like you poor chumps. They might not say it. But you can hear it in the tone of their voice. Y'all don't even know what the gospel is. You mean we just been blind. Wandering around out here in ministry for 30, 40 years. I ain't got a clue who Jesus is or what the gospel is. <laughs> Can't read the rest of it. Full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. They're not different with this group than they are with this group. They're the same, they're consistent, they're kind. I'm so fine. I'm not taking credit for the scenario I just described to you. It was the mercy of God. I made it through that, that chapter in my life. I'm pretty sure if I had been prideful and disconnected from Brother Hagen that God sent me and joined me to, that I would not be looking at you today. And our ministry would be nowhere. In fact, I, I, I doubt I'd, I'd be in the ministry. Looking back at some things that Phyllis and I were able to overcome and get through, it was because of the supply of the Spirit. How, come on, you listen. We had been receiving and the anointing and grace we had been under and the people that were joined to us. Hallelujah. The following 10 years and the 10 years after that. There's a place you're supposed to be. It's a God joined God connected. Come on, do you believe it? And it's not surprising that the enemy will do his best to get you offended or hurt or lifted up in pride so that you disconnect from that. Why? Because he can't do much with you unless he can get you separated from your supply. Separated from the protection that comes when you're under what you're supposed to be under and in what you're supposed to be in. He's a predator. Isn't he? He's described as the lion, as the wolf. What? He wants to separate you from the rest of the pack. Hmm? He wants you to be independent little sheep. (laughs) I don't need a shepherd. I don't need anybody telling me what's right and wrong. Well, independent little sheep. Get eat. <laughs> they get eaten. <laughs> you don't want to get eaten. 
You know, the, Bible, the psalmist said, Lord, my soul follows hard after thee. Yes. What does that mean? That means if he stops quick, you're going to plaster his back. <laughs> oh, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. I, was just, I didn't know you was going to stop. <laughs> you want to be close to the Lord? You want to be close to what he joins you to. You want to show it respect. Men and women, even the ones God joins you to, they can make mistakes. We've already said they don't know everything. But don't be in a rush to disconnect and unhooked. Looking back now, I'm so thankful by the grace and mercy of God. What happened is by me not breaking and disconnecting and running after what I thought was the the great new revelation, it gave God time. Time to get to me, to help me. In my ignorance and, and some pride. There was a lot of pride there. And a lot of other things. And over the course of that. I told you it took two years. For me to really begin to see. That's not right. Did you hear that? Yes. And I mean I'm in the word every day. But see the enemy's tricky. Isn't he? He's very deceptive. And he quotes scriptures. Doesn't he? Friend, I'm so thankful. Just thinking back now, I mean, it almost bring you to tears. What Phyllis and I would have missed if we had done that? Because, I mean, this, when, when I'm talking about now, it was before I had a place in the healing school out there. It was long before I taught in the training center. And it was decades before we traveled personally with the Hagens and had fellowship. with. Come on, are you listening? We would have missed all of that. And looking back now, all of that was so vital to us being able to do what we're doing today. We needed every one of those years. And the input and the help. And what we didn't realize is what we were learning that wasn't even being said. Just watching how they lived. You don't even realize you're learning it. (laughs) Oh. Glory to God. It is so precious. And it is so devilish to speak disrespectfully of that. It is so ungodly to act so proud and haughty. Like you don't need them. You're beyond them now. So such a wrong spirit. What did Jesus say? Come learn about me. How is he? I'm meek. Lowly of heart. Come. You'll find rest to your soul. Hallelujah. And you'll find your, your place. And you'll find your course. And you'll stay on it. And you'll look up one day and you are just where God wanted you to be. You're at the right place. At the right time. You're trained. You know what to do. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the devil's trying to disrupt. That's what he's trying to stop. But you're not going to let him. Is that right? Everybody stand on your feet. You're not going to let him. We'll be talking more about some of these things, I think. Don't put any words in my mouth. Don't say what I said or didn't say about anything. Remember what we talked about? Partial truths. There's truth about grace. There's truth about faith. Which one's right? 
Both of them's right. Is that right? You don't have to pick one over the other. Both of them's yours. In fact, all things are yours. It all belongs to you. You don't have to pick and choose. It's all mine anyway. Hallelujah. So believe with me over the course of these next weeks as the Lord would help us that we see exactly what we need to and we get light. Go ahead and play softly. Just close your eyes. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Father God, forgive me for being haughty, proud, unteachable. Forgive me for any disrespect towards my elders, towards my leaders, towards those you sent me to, join me to, toward those you have used to feed me and help me. Any disrespect for that could not be from you. I ask you to give me discernment. Show me how to try the spirits. Show me how to rightly divide the word of truth. I seek not to judge any person, but to know the truth and to live free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.